0: this town. Hey, this is Champaign, Illinois native Emily Harrington coming to you from Kitchen Table Studios in the ever evolving, sometimes boring, flatlands of Champaign, Urbana for the next podcast episode of Hyper Locals, where townies and transplants share their tales of tears and triumphs, losses and wins. So stay tuned to catch the characters behind the beloved twin cities of CU. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the Hyper Locals podcast. We have a girl in the house, a woman, a speaker, a confidence coach, and founder of Be The Benchmark. She has created programming surrounding the adjective fierce, how teens, preteens, and tweens can be fierce, and most recently, how mothers can raise fierce children and be fierce moms parents themselves. This is Erin Tarr, hi
1: Erin. Hi Emily, how are you? I'm good, how are you?
0: (laughs) Good. I feel like I know you. from your Instagram.
1: Same. I feel like I know you from your, <laughs> your podcast. I'm like, wait, she's in my ears now for real. Like we're talking. I'm not listening to her talk to someone else. I know. It is so crazy to like put
0: faces, names, voices, bodies to the actual person. I started to dive into your Instagram. And like I said, you pre-interview, you upload daily. Is that fair to say? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And each day... It's you face-to-face in the camera, as real as it can be, <laughs> as real as life gets, and you are giving pearls for the day, little quips people can take in
1: their day. Absolutely. That's the goal.
0: Simple, relatable, relevant
1: And all-encompassing, anyone can take your advice. Absolutely. Sometimes I'll say, this is really for the teens, or this is really for the parents. But most of the time, it's something that anyone can utilize. Yeah. How do you come up with each day's advice? I literally, it's on the moment, day by day. I'm like, okay, I need to post today. What am I thinking about? What have I talked to my client friends about? What have Mm. I talked to my kiddos about? What am I needing? A lot of times it comes from, I teach what I need. So what do I need today? Okay, Oh. If I need that, someone else is going to need that too. I'm going to share that.
0: Right. Okay. So you talk about clients. Mm -hmm. What does that mean in your daily life? You're providing what
1: service to whom? So I do one-on-one coaching. Okay. And if you look at my website, it says teen girls. And (laughs) (laughs) this is what we just talked about. Exactly. I literally have clients that range from age fourth grade Mm -hmm. all the way up through, I have like a 30 something mom. Wow. And they're my one-on-one clients. I have a couple of different packages. I can either meet with them once a week, once a month, twice a month. It really just kind of depends on what their needs are and what works best in both of our schedules. And one-on-one coaching looks a little bit different for every single person. I have a formula and a format and some basics that I always bring out. But each individual has different things that they're working on, different obstacles that they're trying to overcome, and different goals that they have for themselves. And so I get to work with each of them in very specific ways, which I love. And this is all Zoom, is that right? I would say I have 75% Zoom and about 25% in person. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nationwide? Worldwide. Worldwide.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Interesting. And people find you just by social media
1: mostly? Yeah. I mean, usually it's a personal connection through social media. So like I'm in networking groups and I'm in coaching programs. And so I will meet someone there. We'll start talking. They'll start following me. Then either their child or themselves, or they will refer me to someone when someone's like, oh my gosh, I'm dealing with this with my teen. And they're like, I know who you should talk to. And then they connect us. And that's how that happens. So a little bit social media, but I would say even more so just word of mouth. Do you consider yourself an extrovert?
0: Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Some people are extroverts on social media, introverts person to person. True.
1: It's true. No, I totally, I love being with people. When I'm feeling low, I'm like, I need to wow hang out with a client. I need to find a friend. I thrive and get energy from being around other people going to
0: a network event for me would be a nightmare
1: (laughs) (laughs) well one of my most favorite networking places is actually they're based in miami florida and it's all online and it's the most amazing group of women and uh so yeah i mean it Yeah, It's not cold networking in the way that you would think of like, oh, I'm walking into a room to hand out my business card. It's more like hanging out with friends who you also support them and they support you in your business endeavors.
0: Okay. Well, you said before we started recording that you were a history education major. That's correct. So did you ever use that major per se or did you pivot right into this field? Yes. My
1: (laughs) nonlinear. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a nonlinear path. yes, Yes. common. So I went to the University of Illinois for accounting originally. And she's from Southern Illinois. I'm from Southern Illinois. Realized I would hate my life if I became an accountant and did Excel spreadsheets all day. not see you as an accountant. No, but I grew up not very well off and I knew that I wanted to do something that made money and I knew that teachers were poor, so I didn't want to be a teacher. Mm. I don't think that's absolutely true, but that was my understanding. You know what I mean? Sure. I wanted to do something that made a lot of money. So I went for accounting. That is so funny. Realized that. It would be better to be poor and love my life than be rich and hate my life. So I was like, I really love kids. I really love education. I think I can figure out how to make this work. Now with the little bit of business background I have, like, oh, if I invest right and if I do, you know, the right money things, like, I can make any opportunity work and still love my life. So anyway, so I went into education. Uh, I student taught in Decatur and in Urbana, both. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And... When I came out of school, I really did. I wanted an education job, and I interviewed around the state. I wasn't quite ready to leave the state due to... A romantic entanglement. Oh, okay. The current romantic entanglement? Yes, okay, who I okay. ended up marrying. Okay, so it all out. worked out. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a good choice. Good. Uh, and I just didn't, I didn't get a job in education. And so I started working in nonprofit. and then I heard about a private school that was opening up in town and I'm like, oh, I'll go talk to them, see what's going on there. And ended up helping launch the private school. And What school was it? Next Generation. Oh,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. So I worked there for the first eight or nine years of that school and left for a variety of of reasons. And part of that reason was I had people that kept speaking into my life saying, when are you going to start something of your own? And I'm like, what does that even mean? What does that look like? Besides the person who had started Next Generation School, who was an entrepreneur, I had no entrepreneurial role models. So I didn't understand that. But when people continue to say things to you from disparate sources where they're not connected to each other, they're not trying to coerce you into doing something. They're just like, saying what's on their heart, yeah. I had to start listening. So I'm like, okay, maybe I am supposed to do something on my own. So that was a major reason that I ended up leaving there. And I took a nine-to-five job at the university doing accounting. Oh, my God. Um, so that I could be the benchmark. So that I could start serving girls and their moms. Yeah. You know? Why were
0: people at Next Gen saying to you, when are you going to start doing your own thing? What were you doing there that was different from everyone else?
1: So I was the associate director. Okay. So basically, we took nothing i mean when i started working there there were plans for a building but the building was not built yet um the we did everything we took everything from nothing and we created the curriculum we worked together i mean i didn't do any of this by myself i was not in a vacuum but i was definitely um a key component in growing that from nothing to yeah um by the time I left, we weren't quite full, but we had a full kindergarten through eighth grade, um, full staff of teachers, you know, all of this stuff. So it was a really fun, creative project. And I count myself so lucky and so blessed to have been a part of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I always say uh, the director when she hired me, like either she saw something in me that was really awesome Yeah. or or she was really naive and had no one else to help her and was like on a hope and a prayer. Either way, it worked out. Well, if people
0: are telling you, Aaron, when are you going to do your own thing? You must have been special and brought something different to the table that they I, saw in you.
1: I like to think that I did, but I, I try not to toot
0: my own horn too much like that. I'll toot it for you. Okay. okay. <laughs> so now you're in this accounting job mm-hmm. and you're Making a nest, mm-hmm. exactly, is what I get yes. to do what you actually really want to do, exactly, and then be the benchmark is born. Yes, okay, and the idea, the concept
1: is, I mean, literally, the foundation has always been serving girls. Okay, uh, I was one of three girls. I had, at the time when I started it, two girls, two daughters, and that was always the goal. How I've done that over the course of the last decade has come in 17 different forms and fashions. Hmm. I've done large-scale events. I've done retreats. I've done short-term membership programs. I've done events, like monthly events. I've done movie screenings. I've done gift boxes, subscription boxes that come in the mail. I've literally done everything all with that same goal. But trying to find the sweet spot of what has the biggest impact. Yeah. And so impact is one of my core values. Like, how can I have the biggest impact? Another core value of mine is efficiency. Yeah. Can you do it? Exactly. How do I make the biggest impact in a way that, you know, sustains my own mental, emotional, spiritual health, physical health. Family Uh, life. Exactly. All of those things. What was in the subscription box? Oh, my gosh. Are you physically packing boxes? Yes. Ordering things in bulk. Packing things, getting different size boxes, different size stickers to it because I wanted the boxes oh, to be cute. cool and cute and everything. Yeah, so each month had a different theme based on the Fierce model. So one month was a gratitude box for feel gratitude, which is what the F in Fierce stands for. Oh, okay. So every single month had yeah had a theme like that. There was a date night card, a mother daughter date night card. Um, that is so cute. It was super fun. Not efficient. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't fit in the efficiency. Honestly, it ended up being for me the, I loved doing it. I loved hearing, you know, the girls unbox them and, you know, the things that they liked and everything. Um, But ultimately, the relationship is what matters. Yeah. So I'm like, is this actually building my relationship with girls or girls' relationships with their mom? With their mom, it's debatable. I don't yeah. know, depending on, you know, how that worked in their individual family. But ultimately, I was like, I need to focus more on the relationship.
0: Okay, you said that all of these different avenues
1: led to the same goal or had the same goal. And what is that goal? Empowering girls to live their fiercest life. Okay. At the time, when I started it 10 years ago, I don't think I would have said it. Th- I've said it a million different ways, sure. right? <laughs> but ultimately, I want girls... To know how amazing and powerful they are Uh so that they can live out the life that they were born to live. Okay. Not be hindered by their own self-consciousness, by their own lack of self-esteem, by the outside world and Mm. what anybody else would have to say about them. Okay.
0: A lot of questions. (laughs) Was fierce the adjective from the beginning?
1: No. So that actually came about probably around year three. Okay. Because I started doing monthly events on Fridays. Oh. And I love alliteration. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. So I was like, what am I going to call this that, that girls will want to come to? Sure. So that's where Fierce Girls Friday was born. Okay. Because fierce is kind of like a popular term now. I know. That's what's so crazy. Yes. Um, at the time, it wasn't out there necessarily. Okay. And I debated about fierce and fearless. Fearless Girl Friday, Fierce Girl Friday. Yeah, yeah. And ultimately, I landed on Fierce because while I don't bemoan anyone else using the word fearless, for me, fear is part of the equation. Like, fearless is not actually a thing. Like, we have fear and we get to develop the tools, skills, and mindsets to overcome that fear. Hmm. So, Fierce made more sense to me. Okay. Tell me, it's an
0: acrostic poem yes. is that right it okay is. we yes. love alliteration <laughs> we love an acrostic poem okay
1: yes tell me the letters what they mean that's yes. okay so there's six so it's the six simple steps for daily confidence Fierce, which is your book exactly okay so the f stands for feel gratitude okay the i stands for i am statements which are affirmations the e stands for exercise but mm-hmm. it doesn't exactly mean exercise it more means mindful movement being aware of of how different parts of our bodies feel at different parts of the day, making sure that we're breathing, relaxing, and being in our bodies. So I could get a lot more into that, but I won't at the moment. Um, So F-I-E-R stands for read. And again, it's not like picking up a novel and reading. It's reading a quote each day Hmm. and then thinking about how that quote could impact your life. Hmm. So I tell girls, I said, so read a quote by someone anyone. It doesn't even matter. It can be your mom. It can be Abraham Lincoln, whatever. And then ask yourself these three questions. Do I understand it? Because that's step one. Yeah, sure. If I do understand it, do I believe it? Do I think it's legit? And if I do, how is that going to impact my day? Hmm. How can this impact the choices that I make? So that's the read. Um, Then the C, which is maybe my favorite is create. Oh, yeah. We, as we get older, lose... This, we are all creative beings and we lose that because. We got to cross our T's and dot our I's and get the lunches packed and do all the things. So finding small ways to add creativity into our life. And that can be anything from, you know, doing a beautiful flower arrangement to making a meal to designing a makeup look to, you name it, you know, it could be sketching and drawing and painting, which is what a lot of people think of when they think of creativity, but it could literally be anything. Yeah. Um, My daughter and I made up a silly poem in the school. Like literally, I'm two seconds from dropping her off and our create this morning was... Um, I said roses are red. She said violets are blue. And then we just made up a little rhyming, yeah. you know, just the joy from yes. inside coming out. And then the last e is encourage because we're taking it, you know, to other people. We get as much, if not more, benefit when we encourage someone else yes. as they get. Yes. So it's kind of oddly selfish to encourage others. Yes, <laughs> and yet it's this ripple effect and that flows out into your community when you intentionally every day are saying. I'm going to encourage someone. Yeah, it makes you feel better about yourself. And that's science. That's I mean, it's just, it's not even just anecdotal evidence. It's They have done scientific studies that say um, that this is what happens. So the fears, did you make every one of those up? Yes, it was kind of backwards. Like I did, I was doing fear school Fridays. And along the way, I came up, I was like, I just came up with this. I don't even remember. Like there wasn't like a one moment. Yeah. Um, But there were everything that I originally did way back in the day. Oh my gosh. I... Almost forget some of these stories, but everything I did at the very beginning was based on the seven habits of highly effective people. Okay. So I was. Which is a famous self help book. Yes. um, Stephen Covey wrote the original one. Sean Covey, his son, wrote the one for teens. There's one for kids, Seven Habits of Happy Kids. So it's like a huge, you know, cultural phenomenon that's lasted, you know, decades. Sure. And that was really what I really started everything on. And so habits just kind of naturally came to me as like, yes, this is part of how you build confidence is by building good habits. So how can I help people do things? Because the seven habits are a little abstract mm-hmm. and they're a little complicated. And I'm like, I want to make it more efficient. I want a bigger impact in a shorter amount of time. And it just kind of grew out of that. Okay. Um, and I came up with this fierce morning. You can do those six steps in less than five minutes every single morning.
0: So do you, with your three girls, every day you guys are making a conscious effort to do these things, the fierce things?
1: Yeah, so I get to do them with, right now, my eight-year-old because she's the only one I drop off at school. Oh. The other two, one's in high school, one's in middle school. So the middle schooler just started middle school this year. Last year, we would do it together in the car because oh. I would drop off the little one first and then I'd come home and drop off the bigger one because she went to a different elementary school. So yeah, but it's definitely part of just the culture of our home, Yeah, whether it's in the morning or... Um, one of our gratitude tricks is when we see repeating numbers on the clock, oh, we wow. say what we're grateful for. So eleven eleven, what are you grateful for? Three thirty three, what are you grateful for? Um, and just it's just a cultural thing that this is how our family operates and how we think about it. My husband loves to do. I was listening to the road trip episode the other day, and I was like, my husband loves on road trips when I'm in a bad mood to be like four forty four. What are you grateful oh, for? I'm like, I need that. Yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm like of course you would say that
0: now. <laughs> Um, what is it about being in a car <laughs> with a kid? Yeah, where it's a good opportunity to
1: say things and to talk. It's the I best. found we have
0: the most intimate talks in the
1: car. Yeah.
0: Is it because you don't have to make eye contact? That's
1: a huge part of it. They say they. I mean, you know, the right. powers that yeah. whoever they are, they do say that's a that's a huge part of it. You don't have to make eye contact, so it doesn't feel quite as vulnerable. Sure, you can say vulnerable things without looking someone in the eye. Like that makes a huge difference. Um, there's also a Definite a period of time. Yeah. You know, like, oh, from school to home is six minutes. Yeah. Like I can deal with heavy stuff or hard stuff or hard questions for six minutes that when we're sitting at the kitchen table and we I'm don't know stuck. how long it's yeah. exactly. I think I think that's a part of it as well. So yeah. That's really interesting.
0: Okay. This just kind of came to me, and this was not in our pre-interview or anything. Right now we're in a period of wokeness. Mm-hmm feminism, mm-hmm. female empowerment, yeah. post-Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Is that why your concentration is on girls?
1: <laughs> why girls? Yeah, literally girls because I am one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I was a middle child of three girls. Okay. And I, you know, high school, middle school, college, it was all rough. Yeah. And anyone looking at me from the outside would have said, she's got this figured out. Mm. I was in clubs and I was, you know, getting great grades. And I, you know, like all the things that you would think, like I had good friends, I had boyfriends, I had, you know, like, whatever. No one would look at me and think like, wow, she's struggling. Mm -hmm. And yet I know that I was. Mm. And I know that there's so many things that could have helped me as I, Basically, when I got into college, I started getting into personal development, leadership studies, reading just these amazing books because we didn't have podcasts back then, mm-hmm. um, and learning all this stuff. That I'm like, oh my gosh, this would have been really helpful when I was like 13, mm. or this would have been really helpful in that situation. You know, when I was learning to drive or whatever. And I was like, why are we not? Helping kids through this in this way, you know what I mean. Why are we not? In, and specifically, you know, as a girl, I just had a very unique experience. And growing up with two sisters, like I didn't have brothers, we didn't have close cousins, I didn't have close, you know, male friends or role models. And then I ended up having two daughters. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to make sure that my girls. This is really where it was born of. I'm going to make sure that my girls have the tools to overcome the obstacles that I know they're going to face. I'm not yeah. trying to remove the obstacles for them. I mean, some of them maybe. But yeah. <laughs> but in general, like, I'm, I know they're going to face obstacles. And I know they're going to become more resilient, more confident, and more capable when they have the tools and my safe landing and my safe support. hmm to overcome those. And then, as I'm developing that from an educational standpoint, taking things like the seven habits or um, anything from Patrick Lencioni or um, John Maxwell, all these other people, looking at their stuff and saying, okay, I can make this into a fun activity for my daughters and for all their friends and for mm-hmm. anyone who wants to listen because, you know, my girls are not growing up in a vacuum. They're growing up in a community right. and they're growing up in a world and they're growing up. Um, and so, the more people that are around them that also have the tools and the skills to be "quote unquote" empowered, which I have a love-hate relationship with that yeah, word sure. because it's so overused, and I'm like, "What is it?" I even have me a love-hate with th- journey, the word yeah, journey, right? Yeah, you know, people overuse the word, and then you're like, "Oh, now has no meaning." <laughs> um, but it's true, you know. The more that my girls can be an example, but then also that I can teach, you know, more girls that are in. That stage of life, so that they can grow up and do and live their very best life, the better.
0: What struggles did you have in this time frame that you particularly focus on? Sixth grade was the worst for me. <laughs> and it's where I went one path and I could have gone the other. And mm. it was just such a pivotal time. What do you remember about your preteen,
1: tween time that was rough? One thing I really remember was wanting to be in a relationship, always wanting to have that affirmation of someone liking you and someone, you know, being there for you or what have you and not having enough confidence or strength in myself to say, Hey, I can just be myself, you know, always wanting to change, to be in the right group or have the right friends. Um, And, I got so lucky in so many ways to have the right people around me who, in spite of the fact of how insecure I felt mm-hmm. um, and the needs that I had, that I still, I, I didn't make any major yeah. like life-altering mistakes when there are many times that I look back and I'm like, oh man, that could have really blown up in right, my face yeah. in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way that I look at it now and the way that I talk to it, about with um, potential clients as I talk about transitions. Mm-hmm. There's all these times of transition. And so whether it's going into middle school, going into high school, um, switching sports, going into college, whatever it is, these times of transition are really the perfect moments to receive some some coaching and some mentorship to really think about, okay, I'm doing something new. What do I want that to look like? How can I craft this in a way? How can I be authentic to myself? And really... I think that is a huge key. Most of us don't know how to be authentic because we have been taught not to be from a very young age. You know, there's so many. I mean, don't get me on my all of my soapbox. I have so many soapboxes. But we actually teach children to not listen to their bodies. Mm. We are actively telling them to not listen to their bodies. Meaning, give me an example. So when a kid says, you know, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And we say, you need to wait. Yeah. yeah. We are telling them, don't trust your body. Or go pee now. Yes. I don't have to go. <laughs> Although there is a metaphor for that that my friend Ann uses. She's like, the bladder is like a balloon. Even if it's not full, you can empty it. Yes. And you can have last longer. So there are skills that we can do. So I mean, it's a, t- it's a tension, right? Because I get, I get it that we have things that have to get done. So we can't just be like willy-nilly letting everybody go to the bathroom all the time, especially in a school system. Like I totally get that. And how do we give them the tools to listen to their body and understand how to operate within a community Mm -hmm. so that they can get what they need and the community can also have what it needs. Okay. And it's it's a tension and it's a balance and it's something that has to be taught incrementally at different levels. You don't Mm -hmm. get to high school and all of a sudden, teach kids how to do this. Mm -hmm. Like you start when they're three, four, five years old. Like we used affirmations in potty training. I mean, this is like way off the course of what we're talking about. But you know, one of our affirmations in potty training was, I listen to my body. Mm. I listen to my body. Mm. And I mean, that's what learning to potty train is, right? Like recognizing what are the signals in my body that are telling me and then how do I take care of those signals? You know? um, And listening to your body with a girl. Yes.
0: Because of...
1: Sinking syncing the, with your cycle yes. understanding
0: the different times of I'm pissed off why am I pissed off well maybe it's because of this time of the month or whatever exactly my daughter said
1: to me the other day she's like oh I was super duper productive today I think I'm going to start my period tomorrow yes <laughs> it's, but it's, and I'm still you know, learning that now because they didn't teach us that yeah yeah you know and I don't know who they is and no. Yeah. There is no criminal in any of these situations. Like, that's not the way I look at yeah. it. I just look at it as like, when you know better, you do better. How can we do yes. better for the next generation? You know, I anything that my teachers or my parents or my, you know, elders taught or didn't teach me, they were doing the best they absolutely could. Like, they were not trying to be a certain way. And I have yeah. zero sense of blame or whatever. Right. And I want to do better. So... With that said, you were having your
0: struggles as a tween. I Sixth grade was just a mess. No one really sat me down and talked me through it. Mm. Is that because
1: our parents are the way they are? Or is that a generational shift? There's so much in genera- I mean, I mean, just think about how much you've learned from TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, yeah there's just so much information that you've learned quickly because it's in, you know, 60 second soundbites yeah. that they didn't have access to. Yeah. And the research hadn't been done yet. I mean, so much of what I do is based on psychological research that nobody had 20 years ago. Right. It's only been done in the last decade, you know? Right, um, And I'm much older than 20 years old. So you yeah. know what I mean? Like if you think about that, in addition to the fact that like, Everyone has a finite amount of time. Yeah, like my time is spent reading about parenting, mm-hmm. learning about um, personal development, reading the latest research, um, on podcasts, these types of things because that's what my passion and my business require. Someone else is learning about how to be a golf pro. I just yeah. say that because there's a golf course. Elsewhere. All right, sure, <laughs> you know what I mean. Sure. Or someone else is learning about you know the the best ways to teach reading. Like that's what their time is spent doing because that's what their yes. you know, their specialty is, and so. I would never fault anyone for not knowing the things that I understand about these things. Everybody has their own specialty. That's why it takes all of us working together to help the next generation.
0: So with this said, the generation before us wasn't as involved in our emotional and mental health. Are we, too much involved <laughs> in their emotional, mental health. I'm talking about steamroller parenting, mm-hmm. helicopter
1: parenting. I'm still tying their shoes. I'm still picking out their clothes, <laughs> that kind of a thing. So I think everything is a tension. There's something called pendulum parenting, right? Oh, I so, heard this one. <laughs> so pendulum parenting, our parents were on one extreme end. Wow. So we resent that, and we swing all the way to the other side, whereas really the The happy middle, you know, yes. is always where it's going to it's where it's going to land. So it's managing the tensions of what do I want for the future of for my kids, and how do I help support them getting there little by little now? Yeah, and there's no one way that's the downfall. Of learning all this stuff on Instagram and TikTok is that we're constantly comparing ourselves yeah. to what other people are doing on Instagram. Oh, I did that wrong. And it's like, mm, did you do it wrong or did you do it differently? Yeah. And are we all gonna screw up our kids? Absolutely. There is none. Yeah. <laughs> there is none that escapes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we are human, we are flawed, and we're doing the best we can. And I think that's where ultimately it comes down to communication. How openly can I communicate and how humble can I be about what I'm trying to do? Or saying you're sorry if you've messed up. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our parents didn't do that. No, no.
0: (laughs) Okay. So obviously keeping anonymity in mind, can you describe a situation involving a mother daughter that needed your help? And I think we should say before we move forward that You believe your concepts, your processes, Mm -hmm. they can translate to fathers and sons or men in general. 100%. Absolutely. absolutely. You just branded yourself this way because that's what you're familiar
1: with. That's what you know. That's what you are. Exactly. Okay. 100%. So let's keep that in mind. Yeah. So this is not exclusive. Yeah. Okay. Uh, So... I was thinking about this because I have so many, so many stories, so many wonderful stories because people come to me for friend issues, for academic issues. They come to me just because their daughter has big goals and they're like, we want to help her reach her big goals. Like she doesn't have any one major issue, you know? So I had to coach girls across the spectrum. But uh, the one that stood out to me as I was thinking about this specific question was I had spoken Um, locally at an event. And a mom came up to me and said, my daughter is about to go through a major transition. And I think she would really benefit from working with you. And I'm like, that would be great. (laughs) So she was actually in college getting ready to go to grad school. Wow, and uh, she had gone to college here at the University of Illinois. So sure. she had been a townie, went to University of Illinois, and was now mm. leaving Champaign for the first time. Yeah, that's a huge transition, you know, especially when you're close to your family and those sure. types of things. Uh, so we worked together for three months because mm. um, that's kind of my base. Okay, you know, uh, packages. I, I like to work with people for three months so that we can make sure that we establish a strong relationship first, and. We worked together for three months. It was fantastic. We worked through a lot of my um, curriculum and ideas, while she shared, you know, a lot about her life and. You know her fears and her goals and all these types of things, and it was fabulous. And of course, I keep in touch with every single one of my clients. This is how my program, I think, is a different from a lot of programs. Once you're my client, like you will never get rid of me. Like you can stop paying <laughs> For me or worse. If exactly. To, yes. Okay. But at least every six months, I'm going to be like, "Hey, how's life?" You know, because I care. You know, when yes. you get invested in someone's yes. life. So we've kept in contact, and she just texted me. That was over the summer, and then she just texted me. I want to say in January, it was after the holidays. And she's like, hey, Erin, I just want to let you know I broke up with my boyfriend. And Mm. it's because you really helped me realize what I want out of life, what my goals and my values are. And I realized that he was not aligned with that. Mm. And I was like doing a happy dance in the (laughs) living room because I mean, like literally that's the goal. Yeah, yeah. The goal is to know ourselves so well that we don't need... To be with someone, or to change ourselves, yeah. or to make ourselves acceptable for anyone else, and recognize that there is abundance of people on this planet, yeah. and we are going to find our people. And I was coaching someone I'm very, very close to just yesterday about that. You know, um, in middle school, she was like, "I have several friend groups, but I'm like the not favorite in every single one." Mm, this breaks my heart. Exactly, and it does. It's so hard because I'm like, and. She's like, what do I need to do to make these people like me better? I'm like, oh, baby, mm. that's the wrong thing to ask. Yeah. And I totally get why you're asking it. Yes. I validate that desire. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's gonna get better and yes. you're gonna find your people. And until then, here's all the things that we can do yeah. to, you know, to keep ourselves um, confident and positive and moving in the right direction and looking and being open to the right people, you know, and mm. things like that. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Has there been a situation where the girl is just not open to being helped or coached? Like
1: her mom made her do this? <laughs> it is interesting. So I will not let anyone pay my invoice before I meet with the girl at least once. Oh. The girl has to say, Yes, I'm at least willing to meet with you. That is required. Okay. Um, that being said, everybody's on a different journey. And I I have had in the past clients who say they're willing to meet, but then they don't really want to engage or do the work or any of those types of things. And, you know, it goes a little bit both ways. Sometimes I'm pretty straightforward with them. And I said, you know, this isn't going to work if we're not both in this, you know. And sometimes that actually in most cases, the girl's like, oh, no, 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 I, I do. I just, oh, interesting. you know what I mean? It's, it, it's just, they're getting to know me. They're feeling me out. I'm feeling them out. And there's going to be different paces. There are girls who literally, I met with a girl the other day and she said, I've already read your book. I started implementing Whoa. all of the habits and I'm ready to go. And now I want coaching, you know? And then I'll have other girls who literally refuse to read my book. But does everybody not deserve a safe person sure. who they can be themselves with? So while what I'm doing with one girl is providing that safe space where I'm validating her and believing her yeah. and being honestly just prepared for whenever she will give me those little bits of movement. Yeah. She is just as valid, you know yeah. what I mean? And and my work with her is just as valid as the girl who you know has now set yeah and has set like 10 goals and is you know ready to you know make a ten thousand dollars by the summer yeah exactly it's like
0: getting a nutritionist and you're still eating ice cream
1: exactly or you could
0: be documenting
1: everything in your fitness pal and doing the work Mm -hmm. okay so but some people just want a nutritionist to be like okay when you're ready yeah here's what it is when you're ready you know and they still I'm need not someone. judging you. I'm yeah. just, I'm just continuing to gently guide you, gently yeah. guide you, and you know, a lot of that comes with personality differences. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, so do you know your Enneagram number? Are you an Enneagram three? I have not done this, but I've seen people on Instagram. Okay, well, we can talk about that later. But and it's a, it's a test to evaluate your personality characteristics. It is a personality test in okay. a way. Um, I always tell people, like, because I test as a seven every single time, but I'm a three. Oh. <laughs> so the test is like one indicator of sure. what you might be. And okay. then there, it's an exploration process. Um, and it's one of the things that I do with my clients. But, you know, there are some personality types that are going to be like, okay, give me the thing. Let's do Let's go. let's go, 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 go. go. And there's other personality types. And you meet these people. And- Sometimes, I mean, our our gut instinct is to think, what's wrong with them? Yeah. But the reality is, and that's part of the beauty of why I love doing personality tests with my kiddos, is to say, see, there's nothing wrong with that person. They're just different than you. Yes, yes, yes. And look what's cool about you. Yeah. Because they assume that how they are is how, quote unquote, we, especially when our brains are growing. Yeah. Yeah. Teenage years are the second most rapid rate of brain growth development. I'm getting all my words, but sure. you know what I'm saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> and our brains are not fully developed till the age of 25. Huh. So there's something in that time period specifically where we think we are the norm. Our family, how we do things, how I think, how I operate, this is the norm, and, and all of those other things are outside the norm. And it's really like recognizing mm. there is no norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's all of this different, you know, yeah. all of these different values and views on life and perspectives and. That's where the beauty comes in. And so when you recognize that, then you're like, I'm pretty cool then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I am unique in this way and that's not a bad
0: thing. Yes. If you can just make it past middle school (laughs) with that mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not let people change you. Yeah. Okay. Why should people or why are girls going to be more comfortable talking to you instead of their mom? And if they tell you something, is there any kind of disclosure? Mm Mm-hmm agreements?
1: So I always tell the moms and the girls, I say, this is confidential. Uh So moms know when they hire me, I'm not there to share information. Uh, that being said, I'm more than happy. I do often talk to the moms outside of my sessions with the girls, just in general. Like she'll say like, Oh, did she tell you that she got a date to prom? And I'm like, Oh yeah, she did. And you know, she seemed excited about it, you know, so I'm not giving confidential information. Like if the mom is saying something and then we're engaging in conversation, but I'm not sharing like, oh yeah, and she said, but I don't do any of that. I also tell them I'm a mandated reporter in the state of Illinois. So if you or anyone you know is in danger, I am required to alert someone about that. And, And I've only had a couple of client friends do this, but I say, if there's something that you're not comfortable telling your mom, but you want her to know, I'm happy to tell her for you or help facilitate that conversation. Um, So if you just want me to give her a heads up, happy to do that. You know, I've done that a couple of times because girls sometimes want their moms to know things, but they have no idea how to broach that conversation. So if mom comes to them, that can be easier. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, again, I think that I grew up in a small town, so this was like our Sunday school teachers and our coaches and whatever, and everybody knew everyone. So I knew there were people that supported me and loved me and had my back always in a small town. And I think in more urban communities like Champaign-Urbana, we don't always have that. Mm -hmm. Um... We have coaches who are like, we're all gonna win the championship, or we have, you know, teachers that are here today and gone tomorrow because, you know, we're changing schools or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think we had a lot of those mentors and coaches who weren't telling us to pick up our socks, but were telling us how amazing we were. Mm. And so that's kind of where I'm stepping in. Mm. Like, I don't care if you keep your room clean, that means nothing to me. <laughs> like right. I don't have to live with you. Right. You know, and it doesn't reflect poorly on me if you get a C when you wanted an A, and maybe your parents think that it does. And, mm. you know, that's a family dynamic issue. I get to just like relentlessly support you mm. and encourage you and gently guide you at the yes, same time, yes. you know, in a way that a family member just literally can't. Yes. Because of the dynamic. Um, so the goal is always that my work would make those parent-child relationships easier Yeah, because the girl has a sense of a lot of times we'll do role-playing. Like, mm. okay, I know I, I have a C in math and I'm going to have to tell my mom and it's not going to go well. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's role-play it together. Like, pretend I'm your mom. What are you going to say? And then they say something like, huh, that might not be the best way to say it. <laughs> what if you said something more like this? They're like, well, that doesn't sound like me. I'm like, okay, we'll take that the sense of that and change it into your words yeah. and we'll practice and, Just that simple like five minute activity of practicing how you're going to approach someone. And we do that a lot with friendship relationships as well. Here's what's happening with my friend group. Okay, so next time XYZ happens, why don't you say, hmm, that's actually not my information to share. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Instead of, you know, making them feel bad for trying to make you gossip or actually gossiping, which is only going to fuel the fire. You know what I mean? So we practice saying those things because when you do that, it's easier the next time. And you may
0: have avoided a conflict. Outside, mm-hmm. yeah. with the family, with the friends. Yeah. If
1: you helped them, exactly. What about sex? Do they talk to you about <laughs> that? Uh, yes, yes, they do. <laughs> um, and I encourage them to. And I open that door um, because if they're not comfortable already talking about sex, then I know they're not talking to anybody. Yeah. So especially if they're in a romantic relationship, I. And probably one of the first people in their life to bring it up. Mm. Because I'm like, hey, what are your thoughts on this? We have to be proactive. That's habit number one in the seven habits. Be proactive. Mm. We have to be proactive. I've been talking about sex with my kids since, literally since my eight-year-old was born. Because, hey, mom's pregnant. How'd that happen? Yeah. You know? And... There is no one talk, you know. Sure. <laughs> there, it just needs to be lot of conversation. of little yeah. talks about what's developmentally appropriate, how much do they need to know. And kids will tell you. they glaze over when they're done listening. Yeah. And when they don't want to know more. And we call them car conversations. We have car conversations. Yeah. So it's like, this is not something we talk about outside of our car um, because mm. I don't think your understanding of it is formulated enough for you to share that information with other people. Mm. So we're going to talk about this in the car until... Until I tell you it's not a car conversation anymore. I love that. Yeah. Okay. A car conversation. Yeah.
0: Okay. I want to do like a couple quick hit um, parenting advice things. Actually, before that, this is a little bit broader. What we talked about, your programming can translate to dads and boys. Yes. Do you think that girls are more vulnerable in terms of mental health and diminished self confidence, or is that an equal?
1: So they've they've, and they really, hide it better. they've tried to do a lot of research on this. Research shows that girls are more susceptible to things like eating disorders, yeah. anxiety disorders, depression disorders. That doesn't mean boys are immune from it. It just means like the rates are higher in girls. The question is, are the rates actually higher or the rates of report but, higher? yeah. yeah. And how do we know, you know, just suffering in silence, right? Exactly. It's so hard to know, you know, right. um, culturally there's just a lot of things we're still working out. So it's hard to say. Okay. All right. Well,
0: we'll just treat them as though they might be more vulnerable. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Some quick hit parenting things. This is something I cannot get right. Okay. When my son comes home, someone was mean to him, someone, slapped him, Mm -hmm. whatever. Okay. I cannot figure out when to tell him to fight, Mm -hmm. when to tell him to tell the teacher and when to tell him to walk away. Yeah. And men, as in my husband, they're more of you hit him, you hit him, they hit you back. You know, Mm -hmm. don't be a tattletale, Mm -hmm. you know, pick your battles. Like what is right?
1: (laughs) I can't get it right. It comes back to, there is no one answer. And Often the question we're asking is not the actual issue. It's the issue under the issue, right? Mm -hmm. So the issue is helping him to develop his ability to analyze each situation and then make the right decision Mm. for himself. Mm. You cannot make the right decision because you're not there. No, You don't know what happened. You don't know what precipitated it. You don't know any of that stuff. So the actual thing that has to happen is helping (laughs) him develop his understanding of the situation. So if we're all playing around and this happens mm-hmm. and then you actually get hurt, even though we were all playing around, like, let's analyze, like, what was the intent? Um, what was my role in it? How does that work? You know, versus, you know, somebody came up and popped me one, yeah. you know, cause they were angry at me. Like, that's a different story. You know, especially if you're in a school where you're going to go to school with the same kids yeah. for many, many years, you know, there's a relationship issue that has to be worked out. Um, So there is no one answer. Mm. I literally have a training about this that I've done with some of my girls because there is a sense of standing up for yourself, having your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And there is a time when it's like, especially, I mean, we're in, you know, all three of my girls are in public school and I'm like, there are certain things that I just know teachers can and cannot do. Sure. They're just, you can tell a teacher and... Nothing will change, not because that teacher does not care. Right. There's but just, just because this is, you know, this is the situation, you know what I mean? And you're coming to them with a he said, she said, yeah. and you know, best case scenario, you both get sent to the office. Yeah. I don't know, you know. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of lots of things like that and helping them figure out like the relationship issue mm. because them getting hit is not the issue. Because mm. they're fine. They're fine. Yeah. You know, sure, most sure. of our kids are not getting beaten to the ground, right? Sure. What's the relationship issue? What's the um, relational maturity piece that we need to figure out and help them figure out so they can decide, like, if that's a person that continues to do that to me, is that person actually a friend? Yeah. And if they're not, what kind of boundaries do I need to set up for myself Mm -hmm. so that I can feel safe in my learning environment, so that I can feel confident in my other friendships and what's going on? Like, it takes intention and it's exhausting. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And it doesn't bother him. So should it not bother me? And then do you involve the parents ever?
1: Right. Because um, sometimes it's so close knit, it's awkward. Yeah. Especially if you hang out with them yeah. outside. I think, I mean, as a parent, when my kids were young, I had to set some boundaries mm. where I was like, you know what? This kid who we're, our families are very close, and this kid continues to negatively impact my child. So for a few years, we didn't hang wow. out. Yeah. And that was a boundary that we had to set. And it was hard. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. parenting is no walk in the park. <laughs>
0: and that's why we <laughs> need you.
1: Okay. Another
0: quick hit. Overscheduling. Mm-hmm. We are so concerned with them being on a screen, being in front of the TV, games, that we put them, I put them in every activity to keep them busy.
1: Is there such a thing as too much? Your kids will tell you. Oh, okay. They will let you know. Okay. If they are not being able to wake up in the morning, if they are crabby, 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 it's too much. Okay. Every family is different. You know, I hear families who say one activity per week, you know, yeah. and then I hear others that are like one activity per day. And or one you know, sport. Yeah, exactly. And if that works for you, awesome. And that's going to be their experience and that's what they're going to move forward in life with. And they're not going to be any worse the wear. Then somebody who didn't, you know, it all comes back to what does your relationship look like with them. If you guys are missing out on relationship pieces because you guys are so busy, mm-hmm. then that's something that might need to be evaluated. But if you love watching them do the things that they love, and they love doing the things they love, yeah. and it works for your family financially, emotionally, mentally, do it. Mm. And if it doesn't, they'll let you know. And you know, I mean, what I see the hard part comes is when kids are so used to this from the, you know, from very young up until like 12, 13. And then they're like, I'm done. And when they're done, they're burn them out. done. Exactly. And then, you know, some parents, especially if it's something the kids are really good at, like, but you so, so, such promise in uh, tennis. That would be hard. You're so good. And we've invested in all of these specialists to help teach you. And you've been to tennis camp and you've done all these things and then they're done because they're burnt out. That is so interesting. Yeah. I don't have that problem because they're yet. not good at
0: really, really good at anything.
1: Yet. 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 They yet, haven't yet. found their thing. And that's a great part of childhood too, when you can run them around and they don't have tons of homework. You're like, hey, we can try everything yeah. so you can find your thing. And and it's a great social thing. In a town like this, my kids know kids at every single school because we've done things. Yeah. And that's really fun yeah. to be And able that's to, when my you know, kids
0: really get the diversity yeah. that they don't get at school. Yeah. That's so true. Okay. So I feel pressure, let's say, to go in the Little League baseball track Uh because everyone's doing it. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't feel that way. If
1: my kids don't want to do it, I shouldn't do it. Definitely. If they're telling you no, like it's just going to be painful for everybody. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And you have to go by your values. You know what I mean? I think that's one of the activities I do um, with my clients is a core values because we all know we have values, but we're like, Brene Brown has done a lot of research that she says most people have two core values and all their other values and all the other things flow from that. So when we are confident and know those two core values, we are so much more confident in our decisions because we're like, oh, their family value is being gone every weekend and playing, you know, travel baseball, that's great. That's their thing. Ours is being home and having brunch on Sunday morning together. Mm. And it's, there's nothing wrong with either one. There is no judgment. It's just our
0: values are different and yay. Okay. Are girls in the tween teen population at a higher risk of mental health issues in this current generation than, say, my generation? Or are we just spotlighting, highlighting issues more? We kind of talked about this a little. Yeah,
1: there's, they're doing more. stuff. I mean, post-COVID, um, yeah, definitely and- all the rates have gone up post-COVID. Um, and a lot of that is linked to increased social media usage. Again, it comes back to intentionality. We have to be so intentional about... How we're leveraging social media, how we're interacting with one another in positive, uplifting, empowering, supportive, and encouraging ways. And when we find things that aren't working, you know, we have to tweak and we have to stop holding girls to an expectation that they're not ready to meet because everybody's on their own timeline, you know, and that's, again, that would be another soapbox of mine that we have like these developmental benchmarks that are completely arbitrary about when people should leave home or when they should start driving or when they should be able to do X, Y, and Z, you know, and it's like, everybody's going to be on a different timeline for different reasons. So I think that's a consistent
0: theme you've been saying. Yeah. Everyone fits in the different Enneagram number. Exactly. All right, um, social media for developing minds. Is there literally any good side effects from it for the kid? Yeah. That's such a loaded question. Okay, my son won't stop asking for a phone. Okay. And how old is he? He's nine. Okay. Is there a right time to get a phone and social media accounts? So the biggest
1: problem with social media specifically (laughs) is that... It is designed to be addictive. Yeah. We are all addicted to something. No one is not addicted to something. Yes, I agree. But some people are addicted to things that are more socially acceptable, like exercise or eating healthy. Those can be addictions. (laughs) Some people are addicted to other things. These are designed to be addictive at an age when our kids' brains are still developing. The science is ridiculously clear. No good can come from that. Okay. I should hold out getting him a phone as long as possible. Do you think that is true? I agree agree with that to a certain extent so my girls get a phone when they are in sixth grade because they start writing the mtd okay that was why they got a phone so that's 13 yeah 12 12 12 so you know when they have to get on the public transportation yeah i'm gonna get them a phone okay the 12 year old does not have social media though okay the 14 year old got social media. No, she's 15 now. Holy snakes. Um, But she got social media when she was 13. Mm -hmm. It is an Instagram account only. That is the only thing that she has. It is linked to my account Mm. so I can see every single thing. Okay. And it was with the express purpose of creating. Okay. Not consuming. Fitting
0: that C in.
1: Yes. Okay. So if you follow, she actually manages one of my other accounts too. I have multiple accounts. So I have an account called Fearsome Flourish. And I've given that to her specifically to hone her social media skills so that she can learn how to grow an account with intention. Wow. So she creates on that. And then she has her own, which is kind of her personal brand. We talk a lot because I... Yeah. I'm a business person. We talk about personal branding. Like your social media is your personal brand. Wow. So what you're putting out there is what people understand of who you are. Right. And if you're thinking she at this point thinks she wants a career in musical theater, I'm like, you need to be very intentional about the personal brand that you start from day one. Interesting. So future
0: employers are going to see this. Mm-hmm. It's
1: almost like a portfolio. You should consider it. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely.
0: Or be the per- person you want to be. I mean, yeah. okay. Okay. Well, that is interesting. So how much should parents monitor these platforms without invading
1: privacy and hurting trust? Yeah, so at some point, my daughter's Instagram can be separated from mine. Okay, at 18. (laughs) You know, every every child is different. She's an amazingly responsible child. Yeah. Um, we have very we had a, a very clear contract as well when she got a phone. I can written. send you that. It's a written contract. It's a it's a template that I give all of my clients oh, wow. that explains like, here are the parameters. Um, here's how often we'll review this, here's what you do in exchange for having the phone. She has to load the dishwasher. My 12-year-old has to unload the dishwasher of it. in order to keep their phone. Like, that's their responsibilities. And Again, it comes back to relationship. Like I have a relationship with my kids where, um, you know, my fifteen year old will say like, "Oh, I'm so exhausted," da, 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 da. and I'm like, uh, "Let's look at your screen time for the last mm. week." And because we have a very safe, loving relationship, she does not take that as a punitive comment. She's yeah. like oh yeah, you know, it's up a little bit. I need to, and she, again, she's a very responsible kid. So she does that a lot on her own. She'll come to me and say, man, my social media was up wow. a lot this week. And I recognize-
0: correlating
1: exhaustion with that usage? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. Um, and that comes back to the, the seven habits that I've been teaching her since, because she's been in my programs for the last 10 years. I know. I was going to so, ask, are these guinea pigs? Are your kids your guinea completely, pigs? Completely, completely. God bless them. And they're the ones that recognize that fierce, when I came up with that fierce acronym, yeah, that was just like a tiny portion. Like It was like a one-off workshop that I did. It is now the foundation of everything I do because I brought them in one day and I said, guys, what's like my signature thing? Like, when you think about the, all the programs you've been to, all the things that I've done, like what stands out to you? And I happened to have posters on the wall at that time of the acronym. And they're like, mom, it's that, it's wow. fierce. And I'm like, you're right. And that is really where it started to explode and expand into like, That is my thing. Yeah. And I teach lots of other things, the seven habits, the four agreements, um, average of the five. Like there's all sorts of curriculum and things that I do. Right. But like fierce is like my thing. And they're the ones that figured that out for me. Wow. Because they're my guinea pigs. Yeah. And I'm reaping the benefits. Really? What I love is having them be participants in my program. Yeah. Because we're repeating what you've said. Oh my God. When they repeat it back to me, it's so freaking annoying. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you know you you know you taught them well when like I'm in the car like, you know, yelling at somebody, they're like, "Mom, I don't think you're being very oh, impeccable with your words right, right now." Right. It's like practice what you preach. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is so
0: interesting. So, yeah. Okay, so do monitor their social media.
1: Absolutely. But be open about it. Like, I'm not I'm not betraying their trust yes. because I'm not sneaking around. Yeah. There's okay. no like, Oh, I checked that. And you know what I mean? Like don't do it behind their back. Absolutely. Everything transparency with our kids, that comes back to the humility. You know what I mean? Like I'm going to be transparent with you. You can be transparent yeah. with me. You know, it's not always easy. Yeah. And you have to, you know, it has to be appropriate for each kid. Right. Yeah. So
0: okay. you have a very interesting branded and consistent social media presence. How did you choose this approach?
1: How would you describe it? I had to do what was right and natural for me. Okay. I, for whatever reason, have always been comfortable with a microphone in my hand. I've always been comfortable in front of a camera. Like, full disclosure, like body image wise, like I weigh more now than I've ever weighed in my whole life. And it doesn't bother me. Mm. Not because I'm like, oh, I'm my healthiest. I'm not my healthiest. And I love myself and I love my body. And I don't shy away from like what I look like or how I show up in the world because my presence and the impact that I get to have yeah. is so much more important than how I look. Yeah. So so I've never shied away from that on social media. And, you know, I tried a lot of things. Like I, want, I follow a lot of gurus about how to grow this and how to do that and how to do whatever. And I'm just like, you know, I just have to do what... Is easy for me yeah yeah what you'll do I got a lot of stuff going on in my life right right and you have a lot to say yeah, yeah so it just comes out
0: okay do your daughters think of this as cool or uncool are
1: you cool or uncool to them oh gosh you would definitely have to ask them about that specific um word cool I don't think in any way they think I'm cool okay but I think you slap. Have I, you heard that? <laughs> when I try to use slang they get very upset. Um, I'm like bet and they're like stop. Oh, god. Um, but my 15-year-old her friends will actually like watch my Instagram. Oh, okay. They love they're like oh my gosh it's Aaron Tar. Like literally I will walk up to their friend group and like oh my gosh it's Aaron Tar you know like they're so silly. Right um, right. And, you know, they're, they're probably half mocking, but half not because you know, it doesn't matter yeah because if they're watching yes. and listening and thinking about the things I'm saying, yes. I don't, it does not matter to right. me. Yes. Um, but I think no, in general, I think my, my kids and their friends admire what I do and okay, are grateful good. for what I do. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's all I got. I just want to know where to find you, um, where people can get your
1: book, plug your stuff. All right. So my website is erintarr.com. Okay. I'm super T A R R. Yes, two R's. Super active on all the socials. Uh, I'm always looking for new friends on Facebook. I don't. I'm. I'm like, yeah, sure, friend me. It's great. You know, like I want to know you. You want to know me. Uh, that's the extrovert in me. And Instagram at Erin Tar speaks, uh, and I have my new mom membership. Oh, yeah. so. If anybody's interested in that, because I don't know when the publication of this podcast will be, I cannot guarantee how many spots I will have available and or how much it will cost at that time, because I offered special OG pricing to my first group of, of moms. But it is a monthly subscription, and it's just a place where moms can come be vulnerable together but be proactive and inspired. So my ideal world is that moms of both boys and young children would sure. join so they can reap the benefits that I've been reaping all of these years of implementing these things early on in my kiddos' lives.
0: So this moms group, yes. it is an online-based programming? Yes. And you do Zooms with everyone? Yes. Okay. Is it the same
1: group and they continue on or you do fresh every three months? It's the same group that will continue on. There will always be um, new content, new things to learn. And so that's why the price will continue to go up is that the more content we have in the group, then, you know, are you capping at so many people? I will, because there is a point where it's diminishing returns. Yeah. So um, I'm going to kind of play some of that by ear. Okay. Um, But definitely I want it to be a safe community. And when you get 3,000 people in a group you don't know, yeah, that yeah. doesn't work that way. No. So, yeah.
0: Um, when does
1: this start, the mom's group? When so does it kick off? It kicked off February 1st. Okay. Um, and we have 32 members right now. Wow. Yeah. And so at the current time, I have eight OG spots left that are available okay. you know, at Got 40. It. Okay. There will be more spots available after that, um, but those are my OG spots. Those are my. I'm sending them like a little nice note in the mail with a little sticker that says <laughs> Fierce Mom OG, you know, so they they get a little special extra love and care um, okay. for jumping in with me early. Okay,
0: very cool. And the programming would be
1: parallel to the girls programming? Would Absolutely. you say that? Yes. Okay. It's all that personal development, leadership, um, creating a culture that results in confidence, kiddos.
0: Okay. And ideally you get a mom and daughter a combo.
1: Absolutely. Okay. That's the best.
0: Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You fun. are so nice to meet you in person. <laughs> yes, finally. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. However, your podcast host of choice allows, please positively rate, review, comment, and give all the stars. Don't forget to follow, subscribe, share, and ring that notification bell so you know when the next episode drops. Also, Search and follow Hyper Local CU on all social media. If I forgot anything or you need me, visit my website at hyperlocalcu.com. Bye!